legend and his daughters played on the uh, on the national championship volleyball team. I mean, how cool is that? And uh, courtesy of my buddy Hauser, um, they uh, we got we got Brian Skinner and um, very excited about that. And so that'll happen at one forty today. You'll want to set your watches right around that. And uh, but I. Lots to get to. Yesterday, of course, we had the tremendous you know, visit with uh, Scott Drew, and uh, that was that was really good to catch up with Scott, kind of see what was on his mind, and see what's you know all the things that have transpired since they won the national title. There's been a few things that have happened around here, and Stephen, I mean, I, I feel like we're starting to, you know, life is is going on, life is moving on. Um, but uh, it's been a very, very interesting week, to say the least. But that'll be very cool. So we got Scott Drew, and then uh, uh, we, we've got to have a long visit with him, and uh, you'll continue to hear more of that one. And then, uh, Stephen, uh, at one twenty today, we'll let folks hear what Micah Parsons sounds like. I think it's always kind of fun Used to, when I was with the Dallas Morning News for years, I would go to wherever the new draft pick lived, whether it was Big Stone Gap, Virginia, with Julius Jones back in the day. But I would track them down and go kind of do a story on where they came from. What are their backgrounds like? Micah Parsons, the linebacker for the Cowboys, is from Harrisburg, PA. Okay? Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And... uh did you did you hear the other day, Stephen? Did you happen to hear? Say hi, Stephen. I'm sorry. I I want folks to uh, I want folks to hear from you because that's always a thrill for people to to get to uh, to get to hear from Stephen Simcox. What's up, everybody? Happy day two of the draft. Let's do some radio. <laughs> okay, good, good. Um, but Jerry Jones the other day, Stephen said something along the lines of. What does that mean, Pittsburgh, PA? And everybody's kind of like, what? <laughs> and he, what, he, what he was doing was setting up a joke. Of course. And and, and finally, you know, <laughs> of course, Mike McCarthy went right into it. He's like, well, that's Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, PA. And, uh, <laughs> we, and Jerry says something like, where I come from, we call it L.A., Lower Arkansas. <laughs> oh man Stephen, our friends at central national bank are presenting sponsors they have something i like this i like this when a lot of parents start to think about setting up their high school junior uh, senior or even younger than that with their own bank account Stephen, you've got youngsters you got if you got bank accounts savings accounts i'm sure you got all that going already but or maybe you've got an underclassman who's going to be working at a summer job and needs an account to put their paycheck in. Our friends at Central National Bank, they have the campus account. Stephen, I like this. It's great for that. Eligible for any student under the age of 25. It's the perfect starter account for your son or daughter. No minimum balance. That's good. That's good because I don't think your kids are really big on keeping a keeping a, uh, you know, a, a strict balance, free ATM withdrawals at any ATM 
So it doesn't matter if your kid's going uh, attending college outside of Central Texas or wherever. The good people at Central National Bank can take care of them wherever they are. You know, I love that, Steve. When I went off to uh, Baylor from Kaufman, Texas, I still kept my bank account back home with my local bank. Well, that's what people want to do in, in, in Central Texas is kind of hold on to their roots, man. Hold on to Central National Bank. Now, part of this, Stephen, for, for your child to have an account, the kids cannot have Snapchat or, or um, Instagram. Okay, that's a joke. But I, I uh, Stephen, don't let your kids, your kids are starting to grow up a little bit. Keep them away from that phone. Once they get the phones, you lose them. Stephen, I can already sense it. You, you and Kristen go out to eat, and Bradley and Abby are on phones watching movies so that you and Kristen can keep your sanity. All right? I think that's okay. I think, I think you can justify that. Just, re- just remember, Stephen, those habits start way early. All right? This is my Mosley soapbox of the day. Just be a little careful because... Because one day you'll look up and, and, man, they're on Instagram and all this kind of stuff, and they're asking for Snapchat, and you feel like your life has passed you by. All right? Steven, do I sound like the Northwestern football coach? Yeah, old Pat Fitzgerald 2.0 over here. <laughs> We're not going to football games anymore because we're looking at our phones. Oh, man. Love, love Central National Bank and what they do for us. And, uh, again, that cap that uh, – the ca- that campus account for more information you can check out uh the website okay over at central national bank where is it i was going to go to that website real quick Stephen, because i love i love going to websites and checking things out cnbwaco.com cnbwaco.com there's a picture i think somebody we know up there Stephen, should we be on that website do you feel like a picture of the two of us would that scare off potential uh, co- potential customers of Central National Bank if they had our pictures up there. I think we I should put us up there. The Mosley and Simcox show. I think we should be largely featured on that uh, website. I'll talk to Brian about that. All right, Stephen, um, lots to get to. Lots to discuss today. We're going to let you hear from Micah Parsons. There the poor old cowboys are. Uh, just thinking, man, we're in the catbird seat. Okay, we're sitting here at 10 we got everything we could possibly need. Detroit Lions take uh, Panay Sewell, the, the offensive tackle out of Oregon. It's a, so you're like, you've got three spots, and you're looking at, you, you want one of these two cornerbacks. You love J.C. Horn. You love Patrick Sertan, Jr. I think both those are juniors. No, nah, J.C.'s not. Anyway, you love these people because he's Joe Horn's son. And, and and so you got to be sitting there as a Cowboys fan, thinking, "All right, all right, here we go, here we go. We got our cornerbacks." And Stephen, out of the blue, Carolina and Matt Rule take J.C. Horn out of South Carolina Gamecocks. And then next, you're like, "Okay, we're still okay. We're still okay because Denver's obviously got to take a quarterback." All right, and and there's still Justin Fields, Mac Jones is out there. Everything's cool. We're cool. We're fine. Then Sertan Jr. goes off the board. Cowboys are stuck. Cowboys are like, ah, what, what do we do? What do we do? Well, they dump out of the pick. They dump out of the pick. And I would say that's pretty good. 
and to get a third-round pick. Stephen, I would say at the time, though, the shocking nature of it was not so much, I mean, that they didn't get those two players. It was who they did the, the, the trade with. We are conditioned for the Cowboys not to do business with the Philadelphia Eagles. Not happened with Anthony Spencer a long time ago. I think it might have happened with Sean Lee years and years ago when they took him, you know, that there was an Eagles trade. There was some kind of Eagles involvement. But, Stephen, there you are. You've done a draft party. Stephen, were you all at walk-ons yesterday? Yes, we were at walk-ons yesterday. Mm -hmm. The Fox Boys. And then and then uh, and then we were at were we at Wild Wings for our Buffalo other I Wild make sure, Wings. yeah Buffalo Wild Wings oh I love that place so we had some great shows draft shows going on Stephen when you signed off at six o'clock and y'all said goodbye to walk-ons did you get to go over there and get you some cheese fries or did you have to stay in studio Yes, I was there. I got some cheese oh, fries. Oh my gosh, they let you out. They let you out. That's got to be great. You get some of those loaded cheese fries, and uh, that's a good situation over there at Walk-Ons. And, of course, Buffalo Wild Wings is real close to our station. That's a really neat place, too. But, uh, Stephen, what what was your gut telling you when you left the show, and and were you still kind of in, in your mind hearing Dr. Draft? Like did the words of Dr. Draft, was that sort of in your ear? I did, and, you know, when uh... – I really thought they were going to be in a good spot when the Bengals passed on Panay Sewell because I thought, okay, well, he's going to go off the board. Miami didn't take him. And then you're at seven, and Sewell goes at seven to Lions, and I, I said, okay, well, they'll have – one of these DBs will be here. And I didn't even really factor in the fact that Denver might take a corner, and as soon as they did, I was obviously disappointed. And I wasn't surprised they traded back. I thought that was a good deal too, even though they kind of did hand the Eagles – the Heisman Trophy winner and Devontae Smith. But I guess they thought the Giants were probably also going to pick him if, you know, they didn't make that trade anyway. So he'd be in the division one way or the other. But I w- the whole time I was thinking Rashawn Slater. I thought that's what they were going. And I was ready for that. I thought that'd be a smart move. Not necessarily a need, but you always can use yeah. depth on the offensive line. So I was genuinely surprised by the Parsons pick. Uh, and I mean, they need help at linebacker and I think it tells us, and we can get into it more over the next few days, but they have to make a decision by Monday about Leighton Van Der Esch and his fifth year option. And this obviously tells us a lot about that too. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was pretty taken aback when they took Micah, even though he's a dynamic defensive player, I just thought they would go next to addressing the offensive line. Okay. And I, before I forget last night, I, I happened to go listen to, uh, and, you know, he's a friend of the show. We still like him, even though he left us. Matt Rule, and I was listening to his news conference, Stephen, and you know sometimes they do those live, what do you call that? Not Instagram, Where's the, not, and not even Facebook Live. Whatever the thing is that we used to do a lot where there's little comments that people are making as they're talking. Like it's a Periscope kind of live, thing? Yeah, like a Periscope. Maybe that's his Facebook Live now. Maybe they bought that. Anyway, I'm watching... I'm watching Rule. And they had celebrated the J.C. Horn. And so kind of in my mind, I thought like the Panthers fans were out there like, hey, it's pretty cool. We got J.C. Horn. Stephen, they were killing Matt. And I don't even know. that they, they had a real nervous-looking GM. There's a guy named Fitterer. 
F-I-T-T-E-R-E-R, something like Fitterer. I mean, a real nervous cat. Um, and and he and he was kind of talking, doing his thing. And Stephen, I'm looking at the comments, and the the Panthers fans are just up in arms. Sometimes we focus so much on like Cowboys fans and Texans fans, we don't think about other fan bases. Well, they're sitting there thinking, man, we got a chance to get, you know, uh, Justin has slipped down here to us. We get the big dog Justin Fields. We get Mac. People thought Mac was going to go three. He's down here. Here he is. Let's take him. And they don't take him. They take the corner. And Steven, I, I would just say, and then and then listening to uh, listening to like the explanation, I think fans get upset when they hear things like this. Hey, we just love the way his dad battled. I, I, I'm trying to think if it was Denver. Somebody was connected to Sertan. Okay. Oh, it was Mike Silver. I was listening to him talk today from Denver, all right, and Mike Silver on the NFL Network, and he said that the Denver people, somebody there had been with this Sertan Sr. when he played at Miami, and they just loved the way he competed. Steven, you know how to make a fan base mad? I thought that was like a genetic thing. (laughs) Yeah, to start talking about, like, the dads. Like, man, we love Patrick Sertan Sr. He was awesome. They, they don't care. Like, the dads don't. I mean, it's can the son play or not. Now, like Stingley at LSU, and he's like the grandson of, like, the famous Stingley from years ago that sadly was uh, paralyzed in a hit, famous, infamous hit. But, Stephen, there, there, are, there are great bloodlines in this league. I mean, we could think of – we could name ten off the top of our head right now. Boom, 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 boom. This guy's got – this guy's guy played this – you know, all that stuff. But I don't on draft day. I don't think that's the kind of stuff fans are wanting to hear. Oh, this guy loves Sertan Senior, so we took him at number nine. Think about that, Stephen. Eight. I mean, now they got Darnold, and I. Oh, I love how and I love how uh, Kuiper says his name. Sam. Sam. I don't know where. Where is Kuiper from? Baltimore. He's from up there somewhere. I. He, he's. He says things. I like how he says things. Same, same. He kept kept saying that. But he was mad. He thought the Jets should have held on to Darnold. I don't really blame the Jets. The thing wasn't working. Um, and, 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 I, and I had to find it funny, Stephen. The Jets came rolling up the board to take, like at 14. All these trades start happening after the Cowboys. And you're like, oh, what are the Jets doing? What are the Jets up to? And, Stephen, they got a guard out of USC. I'm sure he'll be fine. But every time you see a D-tackle or a guard go to Jets, don't you just feel like, Stephen, like that just kind of – maybe they'll be good players. I, I won't know that guy's name but, in two years. Yeah. <laughs> That's the same thing I thought. His name was like Vera Tucker. Like Elijah a, Vera Tucker. That's right. Vera Tucker. And I, and I just thought, you know what, I'll – I'll never hear from this young man again. All right, let's give our folks a chance to sound off. Uh, the uh, The text line is open. Stephen, do we always have the text line open? That's pretty easy to do, isn't it? Because we can't really clog it up too much. Yeah, we don't um, really block it, so that's that's the easy way to get to us. Okay, 254-662-1660 is that CNC collision text line. All right, or you can call us if you want to make a point about the draft, if you're – upset 
with Dr. Draft. He missed on those cornerbacks. Cowboys wanted them, but they couldn't take them. If you're upset about Micah Parsons, if you love the pick, where do you stand? Steven, do we, do we have anything to say about the Texans? We got a few Texans fans out there. I mean, I, I know. Their first I, I, picks tonight. Okay, I was going to say, I don't remember hearing anything about them. Probably because so, they didn't pick, so not yet. pick anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't call yet. Wait till Monday. But any Cowboys fans who wants to dial in and visit with us, we're open to that. 254-662-1660 is that pretty kish line. Um, here's what I want to do, though. We've got Brian Skinner at 140, Baylor basketball legend. God, I love Brian Skinner. He was so fun to watch. <clears throat> and but, but before we do that, we'll, we'll take your calls. We'll talk about your text messages. And we're going to play some audio of Micah Parsons. I always think it's important on the day after the Cowboys take someone in the first round to let you hear from them. And we will hear from Micah Parsons. Cowboys, new middle linebacker next. Nobody has a better selection of light and heavy-duty Ram pickup trucks than Cameron Autoplex, where they say it's always cheaper in Cameron. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. The soggy and cool weather continues as we'll see mostly cloudy skies today with a 70% chance of scattered showers. A few thunderstorms are possible with highs only reaching 72 degrees. Showers and thunderstorms are likely tonight as lows fall to 62. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Recently on Game Time. We welcome into the program Casey Keeler, the head coach at Sam Houston. Opening day we're playing Southeast Louisiana. It's one of those hot, muggy days that just happened to happen in end of February. And there's no air conditioning in the makeshift locker room. And our kids are sweating as they're putting on their equipment. And here, because they just wanted to play a football game. So I think all the things we've gone through, and I think all those things put it in perspective. And you know what? They just wanted to play football. Game Time, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Hey, have you thought about buying your first home and weren't sure where to start or if you qualify? Well, it's Matt Mosley. The Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. NeighborWorks Waco has been assisting Central Texans in the home buying process for the past 27 years, and they are ready to assist you. Not enough money for down payment or low credit score? NeighborWorks Waco has programs that help you improve your credit score, and they help you get the best loan with the least out-of-pocket expense. Plus, to make sure you know what to look for in selecting that perfect home for you and your family, call 254-752-1647 or visit the website at nw-waco.org to get started. NeighborWorks Waco is currently operating with social distancing protocol in place so that you can access our programs knowing your safety is their highest priority. NeighborWorks Waco is your trusted source for home ownership the right way. In the market for a new metal roof? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal roofs that are impact, fire, and windstorm resistant and will lower your insurance considerably. Your roof will be figured correctly, and they offer a wide variety of panels and colors to make sure it looks sharp. Everyone wants to protect their hard-earned assets from harsh Texas weather, and a metal roof is the best way to protect your home. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan, and at PioneerBoys.com. 
Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, the team physicians of Baylor Athletics. Our doctors specialize in the diagnosis and treatment of any and all sports-related injuries. Celebrating over a decade of service to Central Texas, our doctors are equipped to handle a wide range of issues. Whether it's your foot or ankle, your hand or wrist, knee and shoulder pain, or you're in need of our arthritis and total joint clinic, trust the doctors that Baylor trusts. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, our goal is to get you back in the game. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weich with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Slovakic Sausage in West. There was some movement in the first round of the NFL draft last night, but in the end, the Cowboys landed at 12 and got the defensive linebacker they wanted out of Penn State, Micah Parsons. The Cowboys move into the second and third rounds with four picks because of the trade down yesterday. Round two will start at six with Jacksonville on the clock. Jose Trevino hit a tie-breaking home run that helped the Rangers beat the AL East leading Boston Red Sox last night 4-1. Rangers and Red Sox again tonight from Globe Life Park. 7.05 first pitch, and you can catch that game on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor softball starts a three-game series tonight hosting Kansas at Getterman Ballpark. First pitch at 6.30, and you can hear that game on 101.3 FM. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Friday, working for the weekend. We have uh, a lot of Cowboys draft stuff. We got Brian Skinner, Baylor legend, coming up. Steve, we should share that with all our people. You know, everybody, we always say, hey, hey, who do we have? Who do we have? Uh, we've got, uh, boy, what a legend. What a legend. And his daughters just did something incredibly cool. They won a national title in volleyball. Can you imagine that being a star and then being an NBA star and then get to sit up in the stands and watch your your kid. He's about 6'9", six, 6'10", six, Brian was, and, and he, a Baylor legend. And then he gets to watch his daughters become absolute volleyball stars. And I think that's cool. I think sometimes we have a tendency to want our kids to, to do what we did. Hey, play basketball, play this, play that. And for Skinner, he just kind of, hey, you want to play some volleyball? That's good. I'll support you. And uh, what... What Brian was able to hand off to them was um, some incredible uh, length and height. And I don't, uh, Stephen, I don't know Maddie and, uh, and her sister. I'm not exactly sure how tall Avery and Maddie are, but I would say 6'10", Brian Skinner gave them a little height, right? And I think, um, I think as outside hitters, big-time outside hitters. So it's uh, – we're going to hear from Brian Skinner here in a little bit. The uh, text line is open, CNC Collision text line. That's uh, 254-662-1660. We are gauging your reaction to the Cowboys' first pick. And, um, and Stephen, feel free at any point to interject. Uh, and uh, and, and we, we love hearing from our people. And, and I guess the question is, are you okay with it? Are you still bummed you didn't get one of those cornerbacks, J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertan? Which one did you want? And is Micah Parsons 
like a pretty good consolation prize. And, Stephen, here's how I would answer that. I would say yes. The, the negative is, is something that I was up really late last night talking about on my Doomsday podcast that I do with Ed Werder, is, Stephen, sometimes, you know, you do want to take the best player available, but, but sometimes it feels like you're <clears throat> almost kind of like committing, to just trying over and over and over to get something out of this one position. In this case, it is linebacker. Now, Sean Lee had a good career, was banged up a lot, but that's okay. He just retired. But then you kept, you keep kind of, okay, now we're going to go after uh, Jalen Smith, the man who needs some nerve regeneration. Okay, we need a miracle for him to happen. We're going to spend a second-round pick on him. Okay, now we're going to go to the wolf howl. We're going to go to the wolf hunter, Leighton Vanderesh. Oh, he has spinal stenosis. Oh, we knew this before the draft, but we took him anyway. Oh, no, now he's missing a bunch of games. Well, that's too bad. Well, let's go get this Keanu Neal from Atlanta who plays safety and linebacker, and let's go draft another linebacker. Again, I, so I've got nothing really against Micah Parsons. A little worried about that off-the-field stuff. I don't want to gloss over that like some reporters did last night. Did you hear that, Stephen, what one reporter said? One of our friends, in fact, said, um, what is this quote? Are you worried about this quote, unquote, um, off-the-field issue that Micah Parsons has? Stephen, when you do that as a reporter, what are you doing? You're basically saying, are you worried about this little thing? When you start reading about, like, some of that hazing allegations, that's a little worrisome. It, well, it's really serious, and it's inter- And we'll get to the audio here in a minute, but last night he said they were all false al- allegations, but originally yeah. when he was asked about them, his defense was basically, well, I was a 17-, 18-year-old kid. And, I mean, so, so which one is it? Is it you did this and you were just immature? But the things he was accused of is a little more than just you know, roughhousing with your with your friends, or is it all this stuff was completely false? I, I don't know. We didn't get to the bottom of that, but there, there's some concern there for sure. Yeah, let's just say my fraternity at Baylor recently got kicked off campus for a lot less, a whole lot less. In fact, Stephen, I would suggest that they made a example out of my fraternity uh, for, oh, my gosh, Getting together during COVID, really? That nobody did that? Nobody else on campus did that? Okay, Stephen, I'm, I'm not going to get into a defense of my my college fraternity, but I do think the kids were a little bit. I think they I think Baylor decided to bring the hammer when I'm not sure it totally needed to. All right, there's my defense of of uh, the Fi, the Figams, the Fijis at Baylor, Stephen. I I and I'm anxious to see what our people think. I, I I'm I like the guy. I like the speed. I like the energy. The double talk from the Cowboys, we should be used to it by now. Isn't it funny to hear in one session, it's a, it's a flaw. We're dinging them. They're a compromised candidate, I think is what they use. They're a compromised prospect if they opted out last season and didn't play. Ooh, ooh. Oh, tough guy, Jerry. I don't like these opted-out players. Well, who did they take in the first round? Well, a guy who opted out. And didn't play at all last season. Now, again, I don't hold it against these guys. I'm just saying, if you're going to stand up and go, we, we, this is a compromised candidate if they, if they opted out of the season. 
and then and then hours later you're taking them. Okay, something. I mean, seems a little bit of a some talking out both sides of your mouth here. But um, I would say, Stephen, that Micah Parsons is he's he's an excellent, excellent candidate in terms of at least he doesn't have like that micro disectomy or whatever micro you know all these other people that are that, that the Cowboys in the past have have enjoyed hey this guy would have been first round but he had this and this and that oh this guy has some anxiety issues or has some marijuana issues sometimes those uh, so bottom line is the Cowboys love getting value on guys that slide down the board for whatever reason Micah Parsons did not play the last time Micah Parsons did play at Penn State, he was awesome. Okay, so let's not let, – I don't, I, don't, I want to be straight up with you. He was incredible. In fact, I said last night, or when I couldn't sleep, or about 4 or 5 this morning or whatever, Stephen, I said he reminded me of one of those wrecking crew linebackers. Now, the old heads out there will kind of be like me. They'll be like, oh, Mosley, you're talking my language. I'm talking about going way back. All right, even before Dat win, I'm talking about real wrecking crew. Um, I mean, they, they they had some guys. Uh, oh man, Coriat was one of them. I mean, you're talking about RC Slocum days. Coriat knocked out a, a TCU player one time. Stephen, I thought the kid would never get up. I thought his life was over. He's coming across. I think his name was Tony Sands, and he cut, he he catches one kind of out in the flat. And an A&M linebacker left him for dead out there. I mean, it was scary. And it was when we still celebrated huge hits. You know, it wasn't, we weren't talking about concussions and stuff back then. Um, so I'm saying Parsons is one of those kind of heat-seeking missile types, from what I can tell. And the last time we saw him was at the Cotton Bowl, uh, AT&T Stadium, playing against, I believe, Memphis and he had 14 tackles and two sacks. So, Stephen, I would say, in my mind, as a as a as a, I mean, I, I I think very highly of the young man as a as a player. Matt, you want to take a call real quick? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, two five four six six two sixteen sixty. Who do you have for us, Stephen? We have Derek and Hewitt on hold. Hey, Derek, right. you're on the show. Go ahead, Derek. Hey, yeah, I, you're talking about those wrecking crew guys like Johnny Holland and John Roper and all those types. Yeah, I, I think yeah. he, I think he looks a lot like those guys. I think a better comparison is somebody from his school. He looks a little bit like Lavar Arrington to me. But uh, you know, I'm a longtime Cowboy fan, so I was, you know, I was prepared for us to do something really stupid. And um, honestly, I'm pretty happy. You know, once the two corners were gone. Unless we were going to trade back again and get another pick, which I would have liked to have seen, I was really happy that we traded back the first time. Get, getting a pick in the third round with all this value was good. But the only two options to me at that point, because I'm, I'm not a Farley fan with a back injury, uh, the only two options for me were was Slater or Parsons. So I, I think they did a good job getting Parsons. I think we can. it's a pretty deep tackle and corner draft. I think we can get somebody in the second. Uh, we got four picks in the next 67, so we, we should be able to do some damage there. This is where they're really going to make their money. But I think one thing to consider here with Parsons, and I don't know if you've already mentioned this, Matt, or not. You do a good job covering all the Cowboy stuff. But we've got Jalen Smith, who is a good a good player, but he's a better human being. And if that guy can get this, this young kid under his wing, teaching the ropes and kind of guide him. I think we can see 
Parsons hopefully, you know, dodge some of that stuff we're concerned about and then just play football because you hit it on the head. As far as a football player, this guy is top-notch. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. That's who I was. I mean, Roper, Holland. I mean, you're talking, you're getting back. Yeah, Roper and those guys may even going back to uh, Jackie when Jackie was A&M. I think it was Roper. About 89 or 90 or somewhere in there, Jimmy had one of those guys. Jimmy Johnson had one of those guys, Stephen, in a in a uh, like a meeting room. And one of them felt like either fell asleep or something. It might have been Roper. And I think Jimmy traded him the next day. He was gone. He was long gone. But those guys were dudes, man. A&M, that defense was scary. And then they would have that, like, whatever his name was, Sam Adams or somebody up front. And then back at the back, they'd have Pup. They had Kevin Smith, Kevin Pup Smith. Uh, golly, those guys could play. Rich Cody may have been back there. Number 40, a safety out of A&M. It's a wrecking crew. My man who knew that, Stephen, he's out there right now in Hewitt waving that white towel, that 12th man towel they used to wave at those games. The Aggies get very excited if you start mentioning the wrecking crew. All right, Stephen, you got some good stuff here. Uh, we got some stuff from the Cowboys we want to play. Let's do this real quick. I want people to hear, um, and Stephen, we can save this if there's anybody else you want to get on or, or, or say anything about uh, on the text toy. Do we have time to do one of these? I want to hear a little bit from our uh, – our man, Micah Parsons. Yeah, we, we can do a clip or two here. All right. All right. Here we go. Um, Micah talks about why he wanted to be a cowboy. I, I wanted to finish. Uh, I wanted to finish where I started. You know, I had a great game, <coughs> the Memphis game, and I wanted to, you know, start in Dallas. And I fell in love with that stadium. I fell in love with everything they had to offer in Dallas. Um I knew what type of system I was coming into, who I wanted to play next to, uh, the competition I wanted to go against every day. Uh, offensively, I think I got to go, I'm going to go against the best offense in America uh, this whole season. So it's only going to make me better. Um, and we're going to go from there. And I knew Jerry Jones, who what he was about, he wants to win, and he got a winner. So, All right. Ooh, I like that. He, he wants a winner, and he got a winner. All right, what about uh, – let's hear from Parsons on – stepping into that competition because even though Sean Lee's retired, you got uh, Neil, uh, Keanu Neal, uh, you've got uh, Jalen, and you've got the, the, wolf, the wolf Hunter. You've got Van Der Esch still hanging around. What about that competition at linebacker, Micah? Uh, the competition is extremely high. You know, I'm never going to shy away from the competition. I'm going to lean on those guys to get better, learn the system, uh, you know, find my way to fit in as best as possible. And, you know, we're going to get to work. I think if all three of us can find a way to play together, all three of us can play uh, healthy, it'll be something scary. Woo! Listen to that. Talking, I think he was talking about the Wolf Hunter and Jalen. If all three of us are healthy, it's going to be something scary. Steven, I don't want to break the news to Micah. These, these guys are kind of rarely healthy. You know, Jalen is kind of – He's he's gotten healthy. He's just not always particularly that good. Is that fair to say, Stephen, or is that mean? I think that's accurate. No, last year he was not good. I mean, I think that's pretty okay. fair to say. Yeah, he was okay. healthy, just not good. So maybe he can we should, put those two things asking, together. Shouldn't they have been asking Micah? Hey, what is your like? What is your celebration after like eight yard carries? What do you do to celebrate <laughs> after making a tackle? Because Jalen's got the swipe down, so can't can't steal that. <laughs> All right, we got a we got a big time guest on. 
Baylor legend. We heard from Scott Drew, coach of the National Champion Bears, yesterday. Now we check in with one of the great all-time Bears who's got some extremely talented daughters, Brian Skinner. Baylor Baseball, all season long here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. Following some time off for finals, the Red Hot Bears swing back into action the weekend of May 7th, 8th, and 9th against Kansas State at Baylor Ballpark. Coach Rod and the Bears all season long here on ESPN Central Texas. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you are searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham. Cunningham Realtor with Coldwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. For a limited time, refinance your vehicle and have 90 days with zero payments. Only at Genco FCU. Refinancing lowers your rate and you pay less for your car. One winner will have a chance to win a 0% loan. You can't pass on rates as low as 1.75% for 48 months. Apply online today. Annual percentage rate subject to change without notice. Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and loan policies. Go to GencoFCU.org. NCUA equal housing lender. My money, my future, my credit union. Car has the trucks, man. They have the one for you. Crew cap short or long bed, silver, black or blue. Texas size selection, great prices too. Richard Carr, he has the truck for you. Car has the trucks, man. He has the truck you need. If you want the best truck, you want a GMC. Texas size selection, great prices too. Richard Carr, they have the truck for you. Myatt Fuels should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road, farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for the great pricing and quickest delivery. Call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107. That's Myatt Fuels. Call Nick at 675-8107. Or look for Myatt Fuels on Facebook. Like sports, business is about winning. Championship decisions are business decisions based upon what it takes to help your company win. That's why there's UBO Business Services, specializing in helping you win every day by streamlining workflow and allowing you to better communicate within your organization and with your customers. Make your championship decision today with UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com or call Sean Hunt at 254-772-1600. Fest is happening on May 7th through the 9th at Waco's Extra Co Event Center. Don't miss the one hot music fest on Saturday night featuring chart topping artist Parker McCollum along with Flatland Calvary. Come on out and enjoy Texas' best musicians. VIP and general admission tickets are on sale now. For more information and to purchase tickets, visit extracoeventcenter.com today.
I'm Joe Kaleo. At Kaleo Wealth Management Group, we believe a sound financial plan always starts by developing a good relationship with each client. We'd like the opportunity to build a relationship with you and help begin charting your path toward your financial goals. Dream big. We'll listen. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weich with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Slovakic Sausage in West. There was some movement in the first round of the NFL draft last night, but in the end, the Cowboys landed at 12 and got the defensive linebacker they wanted out of Penn State, Micah Parsons. The Cowboys move into the second and third rounds with four picks because of the trade down yesterday. Round two will start at six with Jacksonville on the clock. Jose Trevino hit a tie-breaking home run that helped the Rangers beat the AL East leading Boston Red Sox last night 4-1. Rangers and Red Sox again tonight from Globe Life Park. 7.05 first pitch, and you can catch that game on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor softball starts a three-game series tonight hosting Kansas at Getterman Ballpark. First pitch at 6.30, and you can hear that game on 101.3 FM. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show presented by Central National Bank. Here's Matt Mosley. Mosley, Simcox with you. And uh, getting ready, John Morris Show coming up next. And we're very pleased to be joined right now by Baylor legend. We crossed over a little bit at Baylor and loved watching this guy play. Brian Skinner, former uh, longtime NBA player and a Baylor player. And uh, Brian, great to have you back on uh, uh, again. And and, uh, you're one of the rare people that are celebrating two national championships right now. Uh, I, I, I would say probably over the past month pretty pretty good pretty good run for mr skinner um, it's been pretty good it's been pretty good definitely it's a it's a blessing um it's rare and it, i actually i didn't get two i got three because i have two daughters on uk's team so technically i got three national championships <laughs> not two or association <laughs> oh man, it is Brian Skinner, and uh, I tell you, Brian, this is it was fun watching. Uh, the, and by the way, that, that volleyball got great ratings. Did you see that? It's like seven, eight hundred thousand. I mean, it was like a almost a million people or something. So I think ESPN got the got the me- the memo. Maybe we ought to put a little more volleyball on TV. People loved watching it, but. Uh, that well, I mean, and we got to see. I saw a picture of you during the game. They they showed you, and and so you had your Baylor men's national title mask on while watching your daughters Avery and Maddie, uh, you know, win that national title for Kentucky. I mean, what is that like as a parent to to be sitting up there? I would have to think it's almost. It, it probably almost feels better than if like you had won a uh, a national title yourself. Um, it was it was. I guess the word that everyone sort of uses, um, surreal. That was the, 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 the main word that really described that. Um, it was a long journey to get there um, for my girls. Uh, my daughter, 
could have went almost anywhere she wanted to go. And she picked Kentucky because she was familiar with the coaching staff and familiar with visiting her older sister there. So to get them to play together that last year was quite special, I think, for me, because I knew how much they argued and how much they fought. And then as they got older, they started to get along. But to see them work on a different spectrum um, as teammates, and that accountability and working so well together, um, it, it, it was it was kind of important to me as a father. And then there's the Brian Skinner, the athlete side. Um, they stepped it up, and it was a team effort. And I think they played very well um, that last championship game. But it was just a long season with COVID being the way that it was. And a lot of good teams had a lot of players that were out. And that doesn't take away from that at all because everybody had the susceptibility. And at one point in time, Kentucky had two weeks where no one had any contact, no training. So everyone had to come over a lot of obstacles. And to say that you won it where it was the most difficult time and a very long time in a year is phenomenal. Did you learn the – like, when did you get into volleyball? Was it through your girls? Did you start – as they're growing up, did you start learning the game and get way into it? How did uh, – how did you come to volleyball, and, and, and now do you count yourself among, uh, I mean, I guess you know all the different intricacies at this point of that particular game, even though you were an NBA player. Got into volleyball, my sister played. And this is before the rules changed where now, instead of being able to score on service points, it was, you know, you go to 25. Before the games took like four hours long. Um, to be able to do, but changing that new format, um, it was with my sister. And then after that, my uh, oldest and my second oldest got involved with it probably about 12 years ago. And they said they wanted to play, and I was all for it. I wanted them to be able to do that. And that was something that they decided for themselves. Um, I didn't force them into it. I just told them they're going to do one fine art and one sport, whatever it might be. And uh, it stuck. But women's volleyball is a growing sport. Um, if you have a lot of male-dominant sports, um, the women's side really doesn't do so well with it. And women's volleyball is the complete opposite. It is a very dominant sport for women's side. Males don't do as well as the women's side does. But um, they figured it out, and it is growing on an exponential level right now. Yeah, it, 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 what break down their games for me, Brian. Talking to Brian Skinner, former Baylor basketball legend. His daughters just won a national title at Kentucky. They are outside hitters, um, yes. and, and obviously they got some of your length and that kind of thing. But what are their uh, how how similar are their games? What what's different about uh, about the way your daughters approach it? Oh, it's not how you start; it's how you finish. Um, Avery was a definite power hitter. Um, she was very dominant um, in terms of just straight, raw power. Um, she basically um, had to work herself back into rotation her last year, and she recommitted herself. She did the stuff that she needed to do. And I think the two differences, um, comparison that a lot of announcers that I can see is that Madison um, was a very – I consider she was a weaker hitter than Avery, and that's changed. <laughs> Um, Avery's become a little bit more craftier with her skill. Um, roll shots, cross shots, line shots, um, trying to go high instead of trying to go through the block. Um, so her game definitely went from a power hitting to more of a craftiness. Um, 
Madison is, I'll say it, I know my daughter might be upset with me, but she's more of an athlete um, than my other daughter. Um, she just has the hang time of a bird right now, and she tries to go over right now. And she still has a lot of stuff that she needs to know, but the fact that she started out with the national championship her freshman year, um, she's definitely going to be able to improve on what she needs to do to be an all-around effective hitter when you have someone that is 6'8 or 6'9 because that one thing is inevitable. You can't teach height. (laughs) No, you can't. You can't can't teach it. And, uh, boy, you had it. You you had it when you came in and used to love watching you all go up against some of those great Oklahoma State teams. Texas had some good teams. By the way, was that – did that was that kind of fun going against one of your old rivals in Texas? Was that uh, did that almost make it even a little sweeter? Always, always. Whether it's at a regional <laughs> qualifier or you're just playing at your facility, um, if you're a true competitor, if you're a true athlete, uh, I try not to live intravenously through my kids. I try not to live intravenously through my kids, but I also. Uh, you know, I also relish the fact of them being able to compete. And you see a lot of ex-athletes' daughters who are starting to figure out that volleyball is one of the sports that they can really um, excel in. But to be able to do that, yeah, it's always bittersweet. I, I, I'm, I'm going to call it what it is. Um, you know, obviously, UT had a very good team. They had a very good, um, powerful team. Um, you know, every rotation, they had someone in 6'3", 6'5". Um, but obviously the better team won that night. It only takes one time um, to win a national championship. You don't get do-overs. But um, it was just a great match overall. Well, talking to Brian Skinner, his daughter's just won a national title for Kentucky. Uh, he played basketball for Baylor, and, and you all know him, uh, a legend. What did you think, uh, Brian, about watching this uh, Bears team go to the national title? And is it? it's kind of cool now to say that you played for – a national title-winning program. Uh, I, I I talked to a lot of former Bears, and it, it's just a – it's a really I, – I, it had to be a neat thing. But what what about this team stood out to you? What what uh, what did you love about watching this team? This team is – and I'll say this out of any team that I've watched, and I've watched a lot. I'm 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 a fool. I'm a, I'm 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 a fool when it comes to. Uh, <laughs> basketball um i love to watch the game i don't just watch today's game i watch a lot of old games and just watch how the game has changed and developed that baylor team to be honest not biased was probably one of the most dominant teams i've ever seen play in collegiate basketball um one through five they understood exactly what their jobs were they were resilient. They hit the shots they needed to. But a lot of people take for granted the amount of work that has to be put into that. And I said that before with COVID and everything else that's happened. You know, they lost two of those games after not being able to practice together for three weeks, which people don't understand. You, you, you lose that cohesion and that fluidness playing together as a team and understanding what they need to. It takes a while to get back. And with – that loss that they experienced then, it was they used their defense to get back into it. It wasn't offense. Uh, I think it was three for 16 from the three from the arc. And they used their defense. And it was a, it was a nasty, ugly-looking ball game. But they actually focused on what didn't work. They went to something else. And they got 
that win that got them to the propulsion of what they needed. And I said this before, I would have preferred for them to lose a little bit earlier to get that taste out because, you know, when you have an undefeated ball club going late into the season, sometimes they forget um, what they need to do. They forget those things that got them to where they are right now. So the fact of losing that game, uh, or one of those games, um, I think having it done earlier sort of um, propelled them to the point of not forgetting that, but remembering that and going back to the basics and fundamentals that they had worked on the whole entire season. And I, I am I, I talking to Brian Skinner, Baylor's uh, legendary center. What I, a couple of the big men, and I wanted to bring up in particular Chamo Chachua. Uh, incredible energy, obviously can jump out of the gym. What do you what do you like in his game? Obviously, the energy is unbelievable. What he what he's brought to the program, kind of like vital in that area. And, and where do you think? Where do you think his game is headed, uh, a guy like uh, uh, Everyday John, as, uh, as he'll definitely return next year? You, you have a lot of different nicknames um, for all those guys. His, his style of play, um, the energy is unbelievable. It's off the charts. Um, that's one of the biggest things in the world. Rebounding, he understood exactly what his role is and what he needed to do for that. I'm, I'm, what I'm looking forward to is how his offensive game develops. Um, mid-range jump shot, um, inside post-ups and different things. We already know that he can jump outside the gym, that he's very aggressive. He is very big and very strong. His IQ is very high. He has really good hands. Um, I'm just looking for that progression. I'm looking for that evolution right now. If you give him all of that, plus you give him a medium-range jump shot, um, it, it's going to be a phenomenal year for Baylor next year. I'm just looking more for the evolution. I mean, all the things we know that he did, he did what he was supposed to do. Um, I'm looking to where he can get better and the things that he can do as an individual that's going to contribute to next season for Baylor. All right, and uh, and of course Matthew Meyer with the uh, the mullet. That guy's going to be fun. Hopefully he'll come back. Uh, talking to Brian Skinner, who starred for Baylor from about '94 to '98 and put up huge numbers before going on to the NBA. Joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Go ahead, Stephen. Brian, going back to your family for a second. I know you're a fierce competitor, and I would imagine your daughters are as well. So. Uh, what what's that like? What's that dynamic like? Are game nights pretty intense at the at the Skinner house? Um, you know, I mean, we I say this before we have uh, we have competitors. Um, they they had to grow into that. For me, I, I I had to figure out as a parent that it was okay for me to lose. You know, it was okay. I, I really didn't like to lose at anything from memory games all the way to guess who. Um, I didn't like to lose. And I finally figured out, you know what? It's not about that anymore. I took a different, um, I took a different road, um, after I retired, um, and just try to help my kids understand, um, how to be competitive, how to stand up for themselves, how to fight for something and to start how you finish, start how you want to finish. Um, I always give them that whole thing. always try to be a better version of yourself tomorrow. And I think that's important when you find players, as well as people that get content and complacency, um, there's no room for growth. And somebody will always pass them up. But our our game nights were uh, pretty competitive. 
Um, my daughters would try to cheat sometimes, so I had to write them down and write the questions down that I asked. And I finally figured out, you know what, as long as we have fun, it doesn't really matter. But uh, outside of the family, you know, I tell them before, when you step between those lines, whether it's volleyball or basketball or tennis, cornhole for that fact, um, I'm not necessarily your friend right now. I'm trying to beat you. And, uh, you know, you're trying to learn from your past previous mistakes. And if it's 250 losses and you have no wins, guess what? I hope you finally figure it out. But um, nothing's very easily given on this family. So the fact of the competitive nature with Avery and Madison going back after it, you know, they played the same positions. And I was like, Avery's not going to give it up to you. You're going to have to take it from her. And she didn't take it from her. They just put her on the other side. And when that happened, uh, you could see that they sort of figured out what did they need to do to be conducive to have a winning ball club but to be able to contribute at the highest level. Well, listen, we, uh, we're very excited for you. Man, it was great to see you. Uh, honored along with a lot of great uh, former teammates and everything. And uh, your, buddy, uh, your buddy Derek Hauser will be very, very pleased that you have come on and he'll be excited <laughs> if he didn't hear it live. He'll, uh, he'll download it and get to hear the podcast. But really appreciate you coming on. Great to catch up with you. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. There he goes. Brian Skinner, Baylor legend, all-around good guy, and really uh, the father now of uh, Avery and Madison. That's what he's really known for, two uh, incredible volleyball players who just won the national title at Kentucky. That's all the time we have for today. I want everybody to have a great weekend. Stay tuned. John Morris is next.